the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are in the eye of the hurricane. The official podcast of Manatee Hurricanes football with your host, Chad Choke. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of In the Eye of the Hurricane, presented by Coastline Contractors. I'm your host, Chad Choate. And I'm always joined by head football coach of the Manatee Hurricanes, Jacquez Green. We want to thank you for joining us this week on the podcast as we talk everything Manatee Hurricane football. Coach, let's get in right into uh, to last week. Um, obviously a tough loss, district championship game. Obviously a, um, a newer rival for some of the newer guys. I always consider Southeast our biggest rival, but Palmetto is, is definitely for the newer youngins. Uh, but we lose 21-26. Puts us at five and three on the season. Talk a little bit about what you and the staff you saw Friday last weekend um, from from the the game against Southeast. Um, no, against Southeast. Southeast. I mean, I mean Palmetto. Uh, I'm sorry. Palmetto. Last week, Palmetto. Excuse me. Palmetto. Uh, we knew going in that uh, it would be a game where they'll probably try. They'll play their best game. They'll play unlike anything we've probably seen on film. Uh, we knew they had some explosive guys on offense. Uh, had a big quarterback. And they had made some changes to their offense within the last couple of weeks. You know, they went to more of a, a pound run game and, and a lot of play action all passing. Defensively, they always fly around the football real well. And um, uh, we knew it would be a matchup. It was a good matchup between both of us. The four years I've been here, all the games have been close. Other than last year, all the games have been close. You know, with, with, with one, one overtime game in the last four times we played them. So it's always a good matchup when we play each other. And, and you never know who's going to come out on top. So let's first off, you know, it was a, it was senior night, so a lot of that stuff going on, different kind of uh, uh, warm up schedule and things like that. So that's always a little to me as coaches, you know, we're kind of creatures of habits a little bit. Not that I'm superstitious and I didn't wear the same socks and underwear and all that weirdness, but you're creatures of habit. You kind of like and you like to have the kids to be creatures of habit. How did you feel like I've and I felt like. Um, at least that the focus was there. I mean, obviously I was down on the field with my son. I felt like the focus was there from the kids during warm-up and then during that. How did you feel like that went part of the game? Um, I, I thought the kids were as focused as they could be. You know, we had the senior night. Uh, we was honoring a couple of different championship teams. And we also had a big presentation for one of our coaches who had been coaching for over 50 years. So uh, I thought they were, you know, as focused as they can be, you know, considering their kids now. It's, you know, it's hard for them to be focused, you know, at any time. But, I thought the kids did a good job of you know, coming back inside, relaxing, them, and we went outside and, and stretched them again so they wouldn't just sit around for a while. That's good. Um, so let's talk about the offense first. You know, I really thought some, some decent production. You look at Kobe Keenan's his biggest game of the year with seven receptions, 84 yards, and a touchdown. Um, and, uh, you know, of, of course, heartbreaking one of a, it, towards the end there that he didn't catch. But needless to say, you know, pretty good game from him, B.J., Puts up about 34 yards uh, on four catches. Um, you know, Corey Sanders about 100 yards rushing. Uh, Keyshawn adding about uh, 40 with him. And also Johnny Squitieri running for, running for 26. Johnny goes um, uh, for about 75 yards, 85 yards and a touchdown. Andrew Heidel comes in later on. Um, looks like he goes uh, for about 67 yards passing the ball. So, really, I never thought that, that we 
couldn't move the ball on them um, offensively. How did you think offensively we played Friday night or last Friday night? Well, we, we made some plays, I think, early in the game. Uh, defensively, we didn't get off the field, and they kept sustaining the drives early on, which limited uh, some of the possessions we had in the first half. And also, offensively, I think we didn't do well the first couple of possessions, which which gave them a chance to be on the field. But we, we ran the ball uh, pretty well. We threw the ball pretty well. Uh, production offense wasn't bad. We, we just uh, – you know, we just didn't hit a lot of big plays against those guys. And those guys hit a lot of big plays against us. So uh, when you play those guys, you got to eliminate the big plays and you got to be able to, you know, you know, find a way to devise big plays for yourself. Yeah, no, I, it, we'll, we'll definitely talk about our defense for on our end, but I agree with you. I don't think we ever got any of those explosive big chunk plays, 30, 40-yard run pass, things like that. So, I, um, and, and, you know, it, uh, we've all, I've always said this. It's hard to rely on, on high school kids being, uh, you know, disciplined enough, etc., to do a 10-play drive for, for 80 yards consistently. And we have done that. We have done that this year. We've, we've had some long drives. I think last last week we had against Palmetto had a long drive, 8-9-play drive, but it just doesn't happen all the time. You talk about, you know, one thing I thought this, this week that I was a little bit worried about was the emotion of the game, being being Palmetto, being district, um, senior night. And really, when I, when I think about that, I think about uh, penalties. We really didn't have many. Um, I thought we played a pretty, uh, you know, decent game. At least not as many as them. Pretty decent game as far as as penalty goes. You know, no no major hitting out of bounds and that sort of thing, which can always happen when you're playing an emotional game like this. Uh, we didn't have as many as we we would. We didn't have as many penalties as those guys did, but we did have some bad penalties at the at the worst times. I think Kobe had a a penalty right after a touchdown, which yeah. caused us to. Uh, which caused us to kick the ball off backed up. You know, I think at that time, if we would uh, kick the ball off from the regular field, when we got the ball back at the end of the game with a chance to drive down, we'd have been a lot, you know, we'd been around midfield as opposed to backed up when we got the football back. Uh, Daniel Dunbar, I think he got a personal foul one time also by their bench that extended the drive. So, But I told them going in that uh, those guys, you know, that's the type of game they want to play. They want to play an ugly game, a bunch of personal fouls, a bunch of uh, talking back and forth, and it's right down their alley. So I was trying to tell my guys to keep their composure, you know, no, don't, don't try to retaliate because they always catch the second person and, and try to play a clean game and, and stay away from um, bad penalties until they hurt the team. Um, Look at, again, you know, third down, you know, something yeah, – and I'm uh, – you go to Palmetto struggle with it too, and it's something this year we we just we've kind of struggled with. But we're about a little under fifty percent uh, on third downs for uh, for the game on Palmetto. But really, some 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 things that I think that you go back and look at that game uh, offensively at least. What was some of your thought process um, on on the fourth down, fourth downs, the two fourth downs we end up going for it? Um, obviously, one we kick right before the the um, uh, the halftime, we miss it. Uh, did you just feel like, hey, some momentum was on our side, we need to go for it, you know, or, hey, it's close enough? A lot of guys, I don't know if you pay attention to analytics now. You know, every, you, you look at the college and the NFL, and they got a guy with a, with a, uh, a three-ring binder, and he's looking at analytics and all this kind of crazy stuff. I know Coach Napier at Florida tends to go for it on fourth down all over the place. Is that was that your thought process behind going for it on fourth well, down? Well, early on, I wanted to go for it because it looked like we was maybe in the shootout. You know, they was they was in big plays, and I didn't know what type of game was it was going to be. And I figured we needed some points, and, and I wanted to go and you know tack on some more points after we had got the uh, block punt early in the game. Uh, later on in the game, we went for it on fourth. There was just a, a misunderstanding from up top and on the field. Uh, the referees told us it was third down. The yard marker guy said it was third down, and and as you can watch on film, by the time we get up to the line of scrimmage and snap the ball, the yard marker went to. Fourth. 
fourth down. Right. So uh, we didn't know it was fourth down, but you know we got to do a better job of knowing things like that. So we, well, the second time I went for, I actually thought it was third down. Well, and it, it, I agree with you. I was always one that looked to the sideline marker, mm-hmm. never to the scoreboard, because that's such a farther communication, obviously. And and scoreboard time always can be off, and yeah. and timeouts, and those, that sort of thing. So I was always one that looked to the sideline, and it said third down. There's no question and about it. I asked the referee, and he said it's third down. And uh, by the time we got to the line of scrimmage, I saw the on the on the uh, on the TV copy of the. Uh, TV copy, I saw it, it went to fourth down right after that. So it, it was a thing. We just got to keep up with it better on the sideline, not have to rely on those guys as much. Uh, but it came back to bite us. I think if we've got both field goals at that time, you know, probably the one by two points. But that's the butterfly. You know, I say, I say hindsight's twins. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. If, if, so I always go back to the first one. I agree with you. Uh, we, we blocked the point. Let's, we've got some momentum kind of. Mm-hmm. We go score that touchdown. It's a way different game. So I, I agree with you. I'm one that um, I'm a little more aggressive, uh, and, and, and I like to go for things like that too because my, my thought is this, and, and, and hindsight's always 20-20 because if, if we go for a field goal and we happen to miss it, you're going to be questioned, well, wait a minute, it was only fourth and one. Why yeah, didn't you go for it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, um, and so you're never going to – never. everybody has different opinions about when to go for it, when not to go for it. But there are analytics, and there was a robot back in the day before the analytics is now that when I was coaching here, Coach Canaan sent out to all of us. I think it was on the 2011-12 year, whatever it was. And it was a New York Times article, and they went back and looked at all these fourth downs. And so it's basically what – people on staff are now doing look at the analytics mm-hmm. and showed us this road this thing and the percentages and really going for it on fourth and one or two from anywhere the percentage is super super high yeah so why not and i always you know i always uh, want to play more aggressive you no know, i left i'll never be like why did i go for it on fourth down you know even if i get stopped more so than you know if i kick a field goal or miss a field goal i'll really be by myself right you know i'd be like dang we, we should have went for it then <laughs> so um Oh, at the end of the day, though, we had the ball with a chance to win the ball game, and sure. and, and we didn't make the plays to make the play, you know, right. to win the game. And those guys made the plays when they had to make the plays on offense. So going back and watching it um, Saturday morning, uh, I didn't realize this during the game as much, um, but it they were doing more um, stunting up front on their two D, D, D linemen, uh, the D tackle, and the D nose. They were doing more slants across from B gap to A gap, A gap to B gap, etc. Than I'd seen on film, and I don't know if that's something you guys saw or what. But uh, number five for them, I believe his name is Rump, had a pretty good game, and I really thought we'd be able to be able to block him up front better than we did. And really, a lot of it was he was stunting, he was coming across our face, and and we just weren't ready. We were taking the right technique, step wise, etc. But we just weren't ready. So is that? Did you guys see that? I, I didn't really see that. They on didn't film. stand much on film, but everybody know. You no, know, it's not a secret. We're gonna start with the run game, right? And they know the only chance of beating us, they got to stop the run. You know, uh, they best best to stop the run and make us just have to throw the football because you no, know, because uh, we we want to run the football. And they did a good job. Rump is a good athlete, so for him to be that big and that that size and be able to stun and um, you know disrupt our blocker scheme was good for him. So two weeks in a row now, you go back to Colonel Gibbons. A couple weeks ago, you go back to, to Palmetto last week, too. We've had some success with some of the speed option perimeter game. Is that something that's something we really haven't done weeks prior? Is that something we've just started to develop and we feel you feel comfortable as a play caller with our guys doing that scheme? Or is it some of it, um, hey, who were, I know obviously we've been playing Cardinal Gibbons, playing the man free. They're going to run off a little bit. 
Is that something you saw in Palmetto that you felt like we could block the perimeter and do some of that uh, outside run game? Yeah, you want to you know have different ways you can attack a defense. You no, know? uh, what I start with is you know being able to attack them within um, in the A and B gaps, and you also got to have ways to attack teams to the perimeter. And um, we've been working on speed option, and the quarterback just pitched the ball a lot better than they pitched the ball early in the year in practice. So it's become a bigger and bigger part of our offense. Well, looking at our defense against Palmetto's offense, really, and you said this earlier, and we talked about it on the podcast last week, and we talk, I'd, I'd probably talk about it until I was blue in the face, you got to stop big plays. Well, one, one big deep ball in the beginning, uh, I don't know what safety it was, just kind of got turned around a little bit, run by them, and, and they drop it, thankfully. Um, the, another one, the, a formation had a tight end nub on the left-hand side, so our corner comes down. Kind of safety switches over. I think he had double doubles on the one side, and and the slot guy kind of runs across the field. We used to call it a, uh, say, but a, a crappy post, and that's what one of my OCs used to call it when I coached him at Brain River. But and and just kind of crosses the safety's face. I think the safety thought corner was going to drop and get depth. Um, corner probably thought safety, and it was something I never saw them actually run before. You know, before that 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 play. Um, so just you know, a little confusion here and there, but the big plays really what killed us against Palmetto. We had more miscommunication on defense uh, Friday night than we probably had all, all year long, and we did a great job of this week in practice of being on the same page. Uh, one time was in cover three, and Deron Post had the deep thirds, and they ran the slot fade, and the quarterback just threw it up. So if Deron was back in the deep third, he would have yeah. threw it right to him. Um, the play you was talking about when two ran across the field was in man-to-man. Yair just didn't run with the man. Duke saw him at the last second. Yeah. And, uh, and he tries to get over yeah, there. Yeah, he tried to get over there. Yeah. It was too late. And uh, the touchdown was uh, we were supposed to be a man-to-man right there, and Max called red, too. Red, too, is his own coverage. So yeah. Max, if Max was going to play red, too, he should have had inside leverage on the receiver. But we was playing – no, he was called red, too, but he didn't play red, too. He right. blitzed. And so Yair was playing outside leverage, so it was, just, it was an easy touchdown. Correct. But other than the three big plays, I thought we played good on defense. No, so did I. I thought we played well. You mm-hmm. know, I mean – they they run the ball at the end of the, at the, end of the day. Rams runs for about 120, 125, but only one touchdown. Yeah, and really no huge chunk plays on on uh, on on run running the ball. You know, really only throwing the ball, and and we end up with two interceptions. I thought in the first half defensively we didn't get as mu- as much pressure that we did in the second half. Second half we start getting pressure. All of a sudden that's where you see those two interceptions. And with, with a good quarterback like that and some good receivers on the edge, you got to get pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, and I told those guys that he he's he's known for on film. You can see he always going to throw him. T- he going to throw you one or two a game. You just got to catch him. And uh, once we start getting pressure, on, he was letting it rip. And um, Yari made a good interception. And, and Christian did a good job on the um the second interception. Uh, that gave us life and you know kept us in the ball game and um uh hopefully we can make some plays on the back end like this week coming up you know i just part of me and i'd love to see him again who knows what what unfolds here in the playoffs we'll talk about that a little bit later here in the podcast but I, it's one of the, it was one of those games where i don't think we played our best I'd love to have it back. Yeah. And and it's one of those that I know the guys are to you just kick yourself and you say, Man, you, you one or two plays, one or two communication deals and it's and, and it's a completely different ball game. And and it's one of those that you know, you can't wait to get back on the field again after games like that because of the frustration of we know we didn't play. If we play our best shot and we're trying to go toe to toe with somebody and you lose, you lose. Um but it's it's hard to take losses when 
you just I just came away from that like man we we we're better than that. Yeah, and we had the ball back, you know, with a chance to win on the last drive of the game. And um, at the end of the day, we didn't make the play. Uh, had a wide-open receiver near the sideline. We didn't make the play. Uh, hopefully we get a chance to see those guys again. You know? They probably think the same thing. They probably think they didn't play their best game. Yeah. They want to see us again. So I don't know if they want to see us again. <laughs> it's hard to be a team twice, but I want to see them again. I, we'll, we'll talk about the playoffs rankings here as we uh, after we talk about Southeast. But don't go anywhere. Uh We'll be right back after this quick break and commercial. You are listening to In the Eye of the Hurricane. Coastline contractors serving Anna Maria, Longboat, Bradenton, and Sarasota are the official construction sponsors of Manatee Hurricane Football. Owner Jack Snyder and his wife Courtney are both MHS grads and proudly call Bradenton their home. Jack's team can handle your building project, whether it's new construction, remodeling, or commercial construction. They specialize in custom builds, attention to detail, and high-end finishes, making the building process personal. Find out more on their website, CoastlineContractorsLLC.com. That's CoastlineContractorsLLC.com. Welcome back to In the Eye of the Hurricane, presented by Coastline Contractors. I'm your host, Chad Schott, joined by head coach, Jacques Green. Coach, we talked a little bit about Palmetto last week. Let's move on to Southeast Seminoles this week as our opponent. They come in uh, to the game 1-7, lost last week, I believe, to Braden River. Um, and uh, let's talk a little bit about, or did they have a bye week last week? I'm not even sure. I, I want to say Max Preps said Braden River. So let's talk a little bit about what they, you know, obviously a little bit of a down year for them. Um, they got some young, I know they're playing some young guys, some of the people that I know over there. What do you see from Southeast as you guys watch film over the weekend preparing for them this week? What do you see um, from them that, hey, we know we got to stop them here? Um, and also, what do you see from us offensively that you feel like def- defensively we can do to them? Um they play basically the same decent defense that we've seen most of the year, uh, over front, uh, most of the cover three. Um, they're young at some areas, but everybody in the area is young at some areas. You know, we just you – know, teams just don't have that type of depth in those big old schools like we had in years past when you can just try to all seniors, you know, as you're starting lineup. So uh, they've been – they have one win against Parrish, but they played some decent teams this year. Um, and But regardless of the records or what's going on in the past, Southeast is going to give us their best game. You know, a couple of years ago we, went, we played them undefeated and they beat us. So they're going to play hard just like Palmetto does when we play against them guys, just like Brandon River does when we play against them. You know, at Manatee, everybody's going to give you their best game. And it's always tough. One, obviously, coming off of a loss, you're going to want to say, look, can we rebound off of that? How do you feel like we've done this week in practice uh, coming off the loss from Palmetto? I thought we had a good week of practice. You know, the guys know it's at stake. They know we need to win this game to, to get into the playoffs or also to have a, a better playoff seed because anything can happen. Uh, nobody really knows what's going on with right, the playoffs. Right. So I'd rather just win this game and, and, and see what happens after that. So uh, it's a rivalry game. So the kids, you know, that's part of our, our, our thing that we've had this year as far as wanting to beat all the teams in the area. Uh, we lost to Palmetto, but you no, know, be able to beat Southeast, there'll be you no know, four out of the five teams in the area. So uh, we're we gonna give them the best shot this Friday night. It's always tough, I think, going over there. Um, just a different environment, and and you know these guys know each other. They played youth ball a lot with each other or against each other. Um, shoot, some of them may live streets apart each other with where our district runs lines and and that sort of thing. So it's always an emotional game going over there. Um, for me, it's always a weird deal. They're in orange and blue, which is one of my favorite colors combinations. Yet they do a a seminal chant and a tomahawk chop. It's just so it's always a weird deal, right? Um, I know you get me on that, but 
I don't see anything from them, um, you know, too crazy. I think they, you know, run pretty much like you said, a little four-two-five, a little four-three. Nothing crazy on defense. I don't see them blitzing a whole lot. Um, and on offense, a spread offense yet again with I think some athletes down me. I think the quarterback's a pretty good athlete. Running back's a pretty good athlete. I think they've got some guys on the perimeter, you know, that are that are good. And, and we got to make sure we come ready to play. Yeah, Southeast is always going to have some athletes, man. You know, watching their special teams, their kickoff coverage, probably the fastest kickoff coverage you know, we've seen this year. So they go to show you that they have some speed on their team. Uh, they probably, they're going to always have guys that can make somebody miss on the back end and, and turn the short game into a big touchdown. Uh, those guys going to play lights out, I think, Friday night. It's, they have one win, and what can save their season and, and springboard them to the offseason is band to beat Manatee. You know, that will help their program out and give them something to look forward to in the offseason. Right, no no doubt. I mean, you, you, you said it. it. You know, one, being a Manatee, you're always going to have a target on your back. There's no question about that. And number two, you know, when when you're in a position like Southeast is, one and seven, this is their soup. This is it. They're, they're probably – they're not – I haven't checked their standings. I don't think they'll be able to go to the playoffs. And so this is their Super Bowl. This is it. They come off and, and beat us going in uh, to this to the to the you know into their their off season. They're not. They're not. I'm, I doubt they're happy, but they're going to be you know more happy than they would have been if they lose. So we're going to get their best shot. You know, there's no question. I always, I always. Uh, when we we played them in years past, you're always just just holding your breath because it's a rivalry game and you just don't know. And uh, but I think our guys are you know I've, I've been at practice a couple times this week. I think our guys are are, are focused. Looks like it's been a, a good practice that I've seen, um, and I think we'll be we'll be ready to roll um, as as we move forward here in in the week. Let's talk a little bit about the playoffs um, as as we move. This is really the first time we've really been able to talk about the playoffs. I know it's. Mainly because with, with once once district championships are over, now you kind of dust settles a little bit, and we can kind of see what's going on here. And remember, for everybody out there, playoffs are set by the FHSAA's power rankings. Uh, the power rankings are coming off of what Max Preps does uh, in their rankings. The only difference is FHSA takes out the point differential, I believe, um, that Max Preps uses. So a little bit different numbers. If you look at Max Preps, the numbers are not the same because of that. Um, but in our region, um, in our for for our for the playoffs here for the next two three rounds, you got Venice as the number one seed, Gulf Coast Naples Gulf Coast as a number two seed. Now, fun fact: going back to two thousand two, my senior year, Naples Gulf Coast was in our district. It was Manatee, Naples, Naples Gulf Coast, and Naples Lely. So. Um, that, that Gulf, Gulf Coast has a victory over Port Charlotte. This yeah, year. yeah, yeah. They're not a bad, they're not a bad club. We, we're in at the number three seed. Palmetto the number four seed. Riverdale's the number five seed. Lehigh six, Sarasota seven, and um, oh, excuse me, Lakewood Ranch then Sarasota. So you know, but some people are going to ask, wait a minute, how did Palmetto beat us and their district champs? Yet they're not ahead of us, and then you just again, it's a formula, right? You go back to the formula. Obviously, wins count a lot, and when I'm looking at some of these numbers, that's what it says to me. It looks, I look at it and say there is a strength component to this, but to me, the way that I've seen some numbers jump and us fall, we fell about 2.4 points with a loss. Palmetto reversed that and jumped about 2.4. Because they were at five point oh, now they're like seven point four. So that's a whole lot of movement off of one win or loss. So to me, I think the winning and loss, and I don't know what the breakdown of it's sixty percent or whatever. The wins and loss, I think, mean the most. And I don't know, if, coach, if you know 
the <laughs> breakdown of how is how this this ranking is. I don't know if anybody does. I don't, man. I, I just think you just got the uh, no. For as far as my program, we, we just got to schedule some some local rivalries. You know, be able to beat those teams because we typically have good teams in our area. <laughs> and you got to schedule two, you know, big strong teams that you know get you prepared for the playoffs. So uh, that's what I try to do going forward. And I think the main thing is just to win. You know, try to win as many games as you can. And you know, once you win many games, you can anything can happen to you. More than likely, make the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think it is. You know, this scheduling, it is about winning. I, I I truly believe that, and not that you're doing yourself any service by trying to schedule a bunch of cupcake teams to get ten wins, because then you're not going to really know where you're at and and where you're challenged, etc. Going this in, going in the playoffs. So that's not going to be the solution. I, I agree with that. Any solutions have two or three you're good, tough teams. They're going to challenge you to see where your team's at. But then other than that, let's go get teams we can win and, and beat. And you're going to get your rival games and all that kind of good stuff as well. As we look at it, we would be matched up, be the number three seed. We would actually be matched up against um, Lehigh, which is the number six seed currently. If, if we play today, uh, they're the district champs down in their district. I think they're three and three. Um, they play Ida Baker. Uh, I think they've got the, the, the district wrapped up, though. So I yeah, don't think they, already, they lose, they're already 2-0 in their district. It's already over. Uh, but they could lose and drop seeds, right? If they yeah, lose Ida yeah. Baker, they could drop seeds. The only thing that a district championship gives you is you get first round at home. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously we didn't win it. We're a higher seed. We're going to be traveling unless uh, we play another at-large team with a lower seed than us. I think doing some number crunching. If Gulf Coast loses to Baron Collier, which they could, Baron Collier only has a couple losses. They go down to Baron Collier. If Gulf Coast loses to Baron Collier, I believe, and if we win, we beat Southeast. I believe we jump back to number two seed, and we flip flop with Gulf Coast. I think Gulf Coast would still stay ahead of Palmetto, um, possibly. Palmetto does have a game, so then that's that's how how do you how do you factor <laughs> that in, right? Now, do you want your bye week at the end of the year? Yeah. To not play anybody, right? Now, this wasn't their fault. This wasn't the hurric- this hurricane, hurricane put through a wrench and all this for stuff. And all this stuff. But I think if that happens, if Gulf Coast loses, we win. I think we jump the number two seed, and I think we host Lakewood Ranch. As of and that's my theory, right? But it's all theory because I don't know what I don't know what to add, subtract, multiply, or divide. I think I think Venice is probably the, one of the better teams in our region. And I think after that, we got three or four teams that's probably even. So this thing can go. Any kind of yep. way. I don't think most people really have a, a real you no know, home field advantage per se. You no, know, you want to play at home, but I don't think it's a real you no know, big time home field advantage playing this area. So uh, anything can happen in the playoffs, man. What kind of stinks though to be a district champ because they don't have the top four seeds being district champs and hosting now like they have in years past. You could potentially have a district champ play a district champ in the first round, and somebody's not going to host. You know, if that's the way the seeding falls, the numbers fall, you know, Palmetto could has a district champ. If they end up or, or, or playing a, a Lehigh or a Gulf Coast, which I don't think that's going to work out. But you could have a district champ play district champ, and it's kind of like, wait a minute, so you know, what, what was that for, right? Yeah. Um, but I do agree with you. I think Venice is, is definitely a top in the region. Here's a real – as of right now, if we, if we went, Palmetto would play Riverdale, and the winner of that would play Venice. Venice and um, – uh, I believe Sarasota, the winner of Venice and Sarasota, or um, or 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 Lakewood Ranch, whichever way it's it's pinned out. But I would say Palmetto Venice game they did not get to play because of the hurricane. I think it'd be a very interesting game because again Palmetto's a big play offense. They can strike. We saw that. That'd be an interesting game to see in the second round. You know what I, 
kind of fear is uh, we're at if we were at Lehigh, Gulf Coast wins, we got to go back down to Gulf Coast. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's Naples and Fort Myers. I mean, it's a decent travel. Um, so, so part of me doesn't want to do that. But, again, the other part of me says away games, you get to control, you know, Guys yes. are on the bus. Yes, they're they're chilling. They're not. It's not home where they're dealing with other distractions. We played well. In You're the, on, on the, the bus and you go. Year. We played well on the road this year. I like the fact that we pack up and we get away from here. Now the kids, you no, know, all in the locker room on the way game. Everybody relax. I know where they at. No, nobody's you no know, bouncing around the locker room, what have you. So uh, we've traveled well. Hopefully, we we'll continue to travel well and perform well in the playoffs. You go look at Lehigh, who we who we possibly would be linked up to right this minute. And uh, you look at their um, uh, running back, Richard Young, top one of the top running backs in the country. I think he's going to Bama. Yeah. Um, but their record doesn't show them having that top, that that kind of a top running back like that. You think that guy's gonna gonna carry a team, you know, undefeated or, or beyond? So it'd be a really good challenge for us defensively if we saw Lehigh. Obviously, look at the end of the day. All this playoff talk is really for nothing because we still got Southeast this week, right? It's interesting to talk about all of us old guys. We're going to talk, oh, there's numbers and this and this and this. And, and it's interesting to, to talk about. But at the end of the day, you want the guys focused on one thing, and that's Southeast. Yeah, and that's what I want to do. I want to focus on Southeast. I even told the guys that we got to win this game to get into the playoffs. You know, I think we may get in regardless, but I told them we have to win this game to get into the playoffs. Uh, and anything may happen. I wish the Rankers came out on Saturday because it's tough to, for Rankers to come out on Sunday and then try to trade film and, and get something done on Sunday. And we usually meet on Sunday, so I'm still trying to figure out. I how, either how doing I'm a show do in the morning. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how I'm you know get there. I got yeah. some, I got some films on Lehigh already. Okay, but you no. Know, It'll really throw a wrench in there if we don't actually play Lehigh. Correct. We have to play somebody else. Correct. So. But if we do have to play uh, a Lakewood Ranch, possibly, I think it would be Lakewood Ranch or Sarasota. Yeah. We, we got those. We got, we we got, got those them. Films. And now I have to get some recent stuff on Sarasota because we played them, well, week yeah. two. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Well, Coach, good luck this Friday night against Southeast Seminoles. Everybody, tonight's game, or Friday night's game is at Southeast, 7 p.m. start, 7 o'clock start, not 7.30. Paul Meckley Field at John Kiker Stadium. As always, thanks for listening. Tune in next week uh, as we'll recap the, the final game of the season against Southeast Seminoles, and we'll preview round one playoff game. As always, go Canes, go! Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.